Welcome back, my filthy animals, and thank you for tuning in to Nasty Time with Nina, your favorite day and time of the week where we discuss all kinks and taboos from mild to wild. Now, last week, a quick recap of what we covered. We discussed sensational play, orgasm control, slash edging, and bondage. Um, Last week, I also mentioned that bondage is more extensive than what's on the media. Um, There are actually more than eight different forms of bondage, which we will cover tonight. Um, And hopefully, maybe you can find one that suits you and your partner. Um, Does the idea of tying up your lover get you all hot and bothered? Has your partner told you about a restraint fantasy, maybe, that's got them... You know, maybe you're just looking for something new to try. Either way, tying up your partner in bed can be a lot of fun. It also might be a little confusing or intimidating if it's your first time trying it. So clearly the first one we will discuss, and more thoroughly, is beginner's bondage. Now when I say beginner's bondage, what I mean is... If you've never done bondage before, I suggest you listen to this part of the podcast specifically. Um, It's kind of my, like, bondage 101 intro, per se. Um, The most important thing before you begin anything is to get consent. Um, Are you both into it? Is your partner excited about it or about the idea of being tied up or tying you up? Um, Are you happy trying to restrain them? Um, If you're like, fuck yeah, then awesome. Then you're ready to give it a try. Um, Feeling a little nervous is fine, but if either of you feel anxious or uncertain then set this idea aside for now. If you're curious but don't feel quite ready, then I suggest you start with dirty talk. Talk about how you would tie each other up without actually doing it. Talking out of fantasy can be super hot and can help you know what you want to try when you're eventually ready. It's kind of like foreplay. Um... That way you have an idea of what you're doing. Um, You don't want to be aroused and start doing something. You don't know what the fuck you're doing and then end up killing the the whole mood. You know, you think you watched Fifty Shades of Grey or or that new movie that's out on um, Netflix that I've heard about. I haven't personally seen it, but... You get the idea. You don't want to look like a a dumbass, per se. Um, The next step is it's important to figure out what kind of bondage is hot and what's not so hot about it. Check in with your partner. You know, do they want their hands tied together or do they want it tied to the headboard? Do they want their feet tied? Um, Is silky rope exciting for them? Do they prefer cuffs? What type of cuffs do they prefer? Do they prefer metal? Um, Maybe um, one of those furry cuffs. Um, Giving your partner what they want can send them into ecstasy. 
but getting it wrong can make them uncomfortable or even scared. So, like I said, get consent and make sure you're on the same page. Um, so, as with bondage, as you know, you may or may not need equipment, depending on how far you're willing to go. So, i like to introduce you guys to my beginner's bondage. So, for this kit... You will need wrist and ankle cuffs, an eye mask, a silky bondage rope, and some sort of um, Velcro restraints. Um, So you can have somewhat of a beginner's bondage kit. Now, since we're going to be discussing bondages, the first one I'd like to speak on is it's called Shabari. It's also known as kink baku, and it's one of the most oldest and most popular types of bondage today. This form of bondage originated in Japan and is known for using silk ropes, artful tying skills, and layering ropes to turn the bound person into a work of art. Though there's definitely a physical element to this kind of bondage, what really sets it apart from the other types that we will discuss tonight is the element of display. If the idea of being bound up and put on display like a work of art turns you on, shibari is definitely a great choice of a form of bondage to um, to experiment with. Um, gags are also one of the most common bondage-related sex toys on the market. And technically, they're their own um, type of bondage. But the concept behind gagging is to either bind someone in a way that makes it impossible to speak or breathe if you're into breath play or force their mouth open. Um, There's a bunch of different types of gags you can choose from. Um, For example, there's some that are used um, in a form of bondage in pony play. There's also ball gags that are meant to muffle screams while adding um, elements of breath play into your scene. Meanwhile, ring gags force a person's mouth open. So definitely incorporate gag into your BDSM kink lifestyle. Um, It definitely kicks everything up a notch, especially when it comes to bondage. So the next form of bondage I'd like to speak up on. Now, as far as shibari goes, it's one of those topics where you're kind of have to gonna video and look at pictures because it's more, like I said, an art form. Um, So it's kind of hard to describe through audio. But... um, I personally haven't found someone who's an expert in that type of bondage, but definitely willing to give it a try. So if any of you of my um, listeners are familiar and experienced with Shibari, definitely send me a message. Um, Would love to shoot an instructional video. Um... So that way, my followers can visually get a better idea of 
this type of bondage. Um, so the next one we will speak about is Shinju. Um, it's another um, form of bondage. Um, that also originated from the Japanese culture. Um, that word Shinju, the definition of it, it means pearl. Um, but in a more Japanese form, in a way of the female breast. Um, it's also popularly used as the name of a type of female halter top. Um, personally, I have never heard of this word. But, hey, um, this is what this podcast is for. It's it's a learning experience for everyone. Um, it's an authentic Japanese term for basically breast bondage. Um, it's like a bikini harness. Um, a lot of people use it. A lot of females, I should say, use it fashionably, but it's also a form of bondage. Um, It's pretty much binding your arms and breasts behind um, either behind your arms or in front of you. Um, Like I said, it's it's one of those things where I can't really get into it because I personally haven't A, experienced it and B, it's more of those visual things um, just like Shibari where you kind of have to see it um, it's kind of hot would definitely love to try it um, the next type of bondage that I will love to discuss with you guys is humiliation bondage slash erotic humiliation. Um, Many, if not most, players in the scene, meaning the kinky slash taboo fetish community, um, you guys know that humiliation and or degradation can be a part of play. And as you guys personally know, I'm a big advocate of race play, and humiliation is definitely a good 50% of what's behind that type of kink. Um, However, um, some people may not realize that there's different types of humiliation bondages. If you're negotiating this as part of your scene that night when you play with your partner, be specific because it's very important. Um, But before we even begin speaking on this topic, I want to define the things, what this exactly means. Erotic humiliation um, is consensual psychological humiliation in order to produce erotic excitement or sexual arousal this can be for the person being humiliated and demean or for the person humiliating or for the an, um a spectator someone who's watching um it may be part of a bdsm or another sexual role play or comp- accompanied by the sexual stimulation of one or most partners in the activity 
Now, humiliation is a subjective issue, and it depends on both the partners and in the activity. Um, for an example, in my situation, nine times out of ten, I play a submissive role. So it's important that the person who is humiliating me knows what to say and how to say it. You need to make it believable. Um, So, for instance, in race play, me being humiliated is a big part. I want you to talk about me. I want you to make me feel like a piece of shit, basically. Um, Call me names, you know, call me a nigger, call me a whore. Um, Use names and sentences that humiliate me. And it, as simple as it sounds, believe it or not, it's actually quite, I found it to be quite of an issue with most men. Um, only because it's such a sensitive um, form of bondage. Um, it's not built for everyone and it's not built for the weak. Um, you need to have a really strong mindset on what you like and what gets you off. If you don't, you can deter and then feelings can get hurt. Um, people can get pissed off and it just ends, you know, not so well. For me, obviously, that wasn't the case, which is why I embrace um, fetishes and kinks. But um, moving on back to the subject, um, hold on one second here, guys. Um, so like I said, it's um, it can be done verbally or physically and can take place privately or pub- or publicly. Some individuals assume an acting role and others prefer to be spoken in a degrading way. So basically what's being said here is when it comes to privately or publicly, you can either agree to do this type of humiliation only behind closed doors or you can agree to do it both in public and you know, behind closed doors. Um, Publicly, it can range anything from being humiliated in public. Like, I remember one time, this was a few years back, I had um, what I call an alpha dom, and we actually went out out of state for a weekend. Um, And that whole weekend... He referred to me as his pet. Now, he would do this publicly, meaning he would say things like, oh, open my car door, pet, or pass me this pet, or, you know, he would address to me in terms that in public people would be, like, taken back by it. Um, But that to me and to him was our form of humiliation play we enjoyed taking it outside of the bedroom after we were more comfortable 
Um, yes, we got looks. Yes, we had people try to um, be a hero, per se. Um, I remember towards the end of our little trip, we um, had stopped at a gas station and my alpha dom at the time had ordered and instructed me to pump the gas. Um, but this time he had said nigger pet. Um, someone who also was pumping gas heard him and came up to us and was like, hey, is everything okay? You shouldn't be talking to her this way. That's racist, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, we immediately shut it down and we're like, you know, we are a kink slash fetish you know, life partners and uh, lifestyle partners, I should say, not life partners. Um, And we specialize in race play. And one of the things that we do is I am his submissive and he is my dominant. Whatever he tells me to do, I do as told. There is no physical harm being done here and you should really mind your business. And the person was made such weird faces and just left. I'm sure that person was stunned, confused, probably pissed off. Um, But it's not for them to judge us. It's what we like. We're consenting adults and we know what we're doing here. Um, So like I said, it can be done publicly. It can be done privately. Like I said, if you've never done this before, definitely do it in in private because you need to be ready to for backlash if you decide to do it publicly. You need to know what you're going to say and how you're going to say it because it's important on how you educate people. Um, as far as acting roles or preference to be spoken in a degrading way. You can either act out scenes or you can have it become a day-to-day thing. For an example, like with the Alpha Dom who I just described, it became a day-to-day thing. I lived it, breathed it 24-7 and enjoyed it. Um, Some people like to do it occasionally as far as acting goes, which is primarily the route that I go nowadays. Um, Me and my partner, we do it as acting roles. Um, Meaning, you know, play roles as master and slave or, you know, businessman and uh, new hire you know, just just different types of roles and acting scenarios that you want to um, envision. Um, a classic technique that can be used to put the submissive into a into a what I like to call a bottom mind space is to humiliate them while also providing them with sexual stimulation. So, if you want to really feel humiliated and degraded but also be aroused by it um it's the most like i said the most classic technique in the book is 
give your submissive slash bottom pleasure while they're being humiliated. Um, when I tell you, you will experience, well, as a bottom, as a submissive, to other interested submissives, it's extraordinary. It's it's phenomenal. Um, when you're having someone completely dominate you in every sense of way, and they're forcing pleasure onto you, it 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 just blows your mind. You know, like why go back to just basic missionary or doggy style sex? You know, when you're being restrained and like, okay, I'm the type of person who likes to give examples. Um, I like to be technical and give, you know, actual facts and information, but I also like to give um, personal experience as well because it's easier for me to better relate and explain to you guys. Um, In the past, I've had many men... Um, either orally pleasure me while, say, being restrained. Um, I'll have, I'll be cuffed on the bed and they would forcefully lick my breasts, my asshole, or, you know, even my cock. And when you're having someone with such alpha authority um, control you and give you pleasure while humiliating you. So these men will tie me up and give me the best oral ever and while they're doing it, degrade me, humiliate me, call me a nigger, smack me, slap me, you know, tell me I'm worthless. Tell me, you know, how you love my nigger breasts. You know, things like that really just set the ball in motion. And that's the classic technique is to really, you really feel powerless, but it also turns you on. So for those who are interested in obtaining that desire in form of humiliation, um, that is actually called emotional release. Um, now, degradation. That is the act of or process of damaging or ruining something or treating someone or something poorly without respect. Now, that's why degradation and humiliation go so well together. Um, in BDSM play, this can often involve objectification, objectification, sorry, which means acting as if your bottom or submissive is an object, like a table or an ashtray, a footrest, um, things like that. The two subcategories I usually use are sexual versus non-sexual humiliation, degradation. Sexual humiliation and degradation may include calling, as you guys know, the bottom or the um, submissive, Things like a slut or whore. In my situation, nigger, coon, spick. 
Um, it can also include speaking to them in a way that suggests promis- promiscuity. promiscuity. Um, for an example, you could be like, you like it when I make you squirt in front of all these people, don't you? Or are you good? All you're good for is being used as a cum dumpster. Those are examples of um, um, sexual humiliation and degradation. Um, things like that. Um, non-sexual humiliation may include calling your bottom or submissive stupid or fat, ugly, hairy, whatever terminologies like um like that um perhaps you tell them they were only put on this earth to serve others or get used like a punching bag or maybe you're just useful as a maid as a slave things like that that's how you non-sexually humiliate someone um you know, perhaps you use their body to rest your feet on them, on your submissive or your bottom. Um, this can include golden showers slash water sports slash human toilet. Um, again, these are just examples of forms of humiliation and degradation and how they can be sexual and non-sexual. Once you incorporate both of them together, then you have a really good all-around playing field if being humiliated or humiliating gets you off. Um, For many bottoms and submissives, this type of play, just the use of one humiliating word can trigger them and put them in a bad space. So this is why it's important to be specific when you guys get into humiliation and degradation. While one bottom or submissive may be with, um, fine with, you know, all the above, others may be okay with only certain types. For example, I'm okay with all of the above. Um, uh, Laura from down the street that you're fucking may only want to be degraded by being used as a footstool or, you know whatever um she might not want the sexual part of it or she might only want to do it indoors and not do it outdoors um you know another person might just not even be down with it so it's important that you're mindful that this type of play can include both physical and my and psychological and emotional aspects this is not uh something you want to mess around with especially if the bottom or the submissive is new or they are a new partner to you as a top. <clears throat> so always make sure if they're experienced. And I'm as a personal advice <clears throat> to other bottoms and submissives, especially if you're not familiar with humiliation and degradation play, or I should say bondage, um, when I first started, I would lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. And then later realize, oh, shit, this is not, you know, what I signed up for. Make sure you guys are open and honest with your tops or your alphas or your doms, whatever. Make sure you guys are 
honesty is always fucking key, especially in sexual encounters. Um, even though everyone isn't honest, my tip to you is to be honest. Um, so moving on um, to um, head bondage is the next one I'd love to cover. Um, head bondage can also be referred to as head games, which are BDSM scenes where the dominant individual manipulates the psycholo- um, psychological or emotional state of their submissive partners. These scenes are opposed to some other BDSM scenes where the dominants attempt to physically manipulate their submissives, like through whipping or, you know. Head games are also sometimes called mind games or emotional BDSM. Um, during head games, dominants usually play on their submissives' fears, insecurities, and weaknesses, causing them to examine them and their world in an entire view. It's basically getting having someone call you out on your shit times a thousand. Um... The thing is, head games can cause, can arouse strong emotions, including humiliation and fear, and arousal. Submissives are encouraged to be vulnerable, so a strong bond with their dominance built on trust is essential. I will say it again, trust and honesty is essential. Some people think, oh, ha, 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 this is funny. It is funny games, until someone you know, is severely hurt or damaged and is not suitable or made for this type of um, bondage. Um, Due to the intense natural essence of head games, dominance must exercise extreme care when working with submissives or bottoms with low self-esteem or histories of emotional abuse. Similar, in the same sense, dominance with a natural lack of trust or respect um, also should be wary of participating in head bondage or head games. Um, you know, common sense isn't common, but if you're not set up for this, if you're thinking about this like, oh God, I cannot get off of someone calling me names and getting in my face and like smacking me I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I'll hit him back or you know if you're that type of mentality then this isn't for you if you're someone who's like oh my god I can't hit her I can't hurt her oh my god she's crying she's screaming if if you're if you're that type of person I'm not saying you're a bad person I'm just saying head bondage is probably not one of the ones you want to try. Um, and moving on um, is we're moving on to suspension bondage. Um, this is a form of sexual bondage where the bound party is suspended from one or more overhead points. Um it can be seen as a position or a sexual bondage rather than a type of a style. 
Um, suspension bondage can involve partial or full suspension. Um, it usually follows a shibari type style with um, intricate rope patterns. And although suspension bondage can be used with uh, Western style techniques, quote unquote. Um, suspension bondage is considered to be more dangerous than other styles of sexual bondage. So remember, guys, suspension bondage is more of the more on the dangerous sides. Um, the reason for this is because partial suspension um, might see the bottom or the submissive balancing on their foot with their weight supported by a chest harness or lying on their upper back with their legs suspended up in the air so in full suspension the bottom is completely suspended and has no contact with the ground with the ground so you can see why it could be dangerous um if you're not paying attention you can slip fall yeah you know there's just so many ways of how this could be dangerous the rope could be tied too tight you can use loose circulation um, it's just very important that if you decide to do suspension bondage, and this is why it is the last one that I will cover, um, it's because it's the most um, dangerous one. Um, and unless you're hardcore into bondage itself, I, this is another one that I don't suggest um, to just get up and just start tying people up and letting them hang up like, you know... You can't just do that. Um, a top should research the physics of bondage and the weight-bearing knot-tying techniques. Um, for, you know, a thick bitch like me, you know, I'm, I've am i personally never tried any of the rope um, type of bondages, not to the extent that I've mentioned, but... For a thick bitch like me, I want my top to properly tie me up because if my fat ass falls, uh, there's going to be some issues. You know what I mean? Um, it's not uncommon for interested people to experiment with the partial suspension, not even the full ones, before they graduate to being able to do full suspensions. And if the bottom is not secured safely, then they can fall and obviously become injured. Um, in addition to that, as gravity takes hold during suspension, um, submissives or bottoms have a greater risk of circulation difficulties, which I've mentioned, nerve problems that they can encounter. Um, you know, you, you just have to be safe. With anything that I speak about, you just have to be safe. Um, but with suspension bondage, I've heard that the bottom typically feels a sense of freedom. Um, due to their floating position, which is coupled by the help of, um, coupled with the sense of helplessness as they are restrained. They know that they um, risk injury if they attempt to escape, so they're mentally restrained as physically restrained. Um, so you kind of enter like a trance-like state when you're suspended. Um and as for the top, the satisfaction that the top receives is that they feel a sense of achievement in restraining their bottom or their um, submissive. And not to mention, you enjoy greater possibilities for more diverse sexual positions than any of our more traditional 
bondage allows you to. So you can fuck these people in all types of different positions, get into angles and get into things you never thought could possibly happen. You know what I mean? So it's definitely worth trying. Don't be deterred by the fact that it's the most dangerous form of bondage. Just be vigilant and make sure you do your research. Um, So that wraps up today's discussion on the several forms of bondage. And I hope it can give you guys a better view of the BDSM world, how extensive it is. Um, And as always, I hope you guys DIY at home and also do your own research, um, especially as far as... um, the shibari or shinju or um suspension bondage um definitely do your research guys um it's been a pleasure recording this episode and i hope you guys subscribe and continue following all my social media platforms including here on my podcast um so till next monday night. I hope you guys have a good night and wet dreams.